0: Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick. The 40 Days for Life Fall Campaign is underway with volunteers praying outside abortion centers in cities across Illinois, the U.S., and around the globe. The prayer and fasting effort to end abortion could not be more timely in Illinois. Now that the state's extreme abortion law, maybe the most extreme in the nation, is now in effect. And there's alarming revelations out of Will County where Indiana's most prolific abortion doctor stored the remains of more than 2,200 aborted babies. Dr. Haywood Robinson is with 40 Days for Life. He's a family physician. But before he accepted Christ as his savior and back in 1986, he committed abortions. The facts are still unfolding about this case from Indiana and Will County. What's your reaction to that?
1: Well, I think we're seeing signs of the times. Illinois, it's a pretty bad place. It's- what's happening in the legislature, and of course what you mentioned about the recently deceased uh, abortionists keeping all those human remains. What I think we can clearly see is how deeply evil this is. Abortion has been around for a number of decades now, but what we're starting to see is just just the limits, I guess, maybe not the limits, but just how bad this uh, abortion thing is. So you're seeing battle lines drawn. You're seeing states like Alabama who are the antithesis of uh, Illinois and Virginia. But what we're going to see is the Lord win this battle in abortion. And we're on the right side. Prayer is a very strong weapon.
0: I think a lot of folks underestimate the power of prayer, but you don't.
1: No, the Bible is very clear on how powerful prayers are. Uh, One verse is the Prayers of the righteous avail much. What prayer does, it really puts us into the stream or the wind of God's will and his work, and we get to be a part of that. So it's it's the exercise of believing in God to deal with this abortion holocaust, which is a world holocaust. It's not just the United States, it's 56 million babies a year around our planet and about a, a million a year in our country so we can see that we're dealing with a holocaust of just unprecedented proportion.
0: Back to this situation out of uh, Indiana and Will County. Is that type of situation more prevalent than we think? Is this going on elsewhere?
1: Well, I think pretty much everything that's negative in the abortion industry is uh, bigger than is reported. Let's just say, uh, or use for an example, a facility reporting how many abortions uh, they do. I know that generally you underreport uh, abortion by at least 10 to 20%. So anything that you find, I think uh, often we're seeing only the tip of the iceberg, but we really don't need to see the whole iceberg to know how bad it is or how big it is. This is something that we have to deal with, even if it were on a smaller uh, scale than we recognize.
0: Doctor, you used to commit abortions, so you can relate to maybe this uh, abortion doctor out of Indiana. Were these remains to him a trophy? Did he just want a place to store them away so he wouldn't get
1: in trouble? Did he have a God complex? It could be A, B, C, or all of the above. Or it could be something as selfish as not wanting to spend the money to appropriately dispose of these remains there's state laws uh, uh, that dictate or at least state how they're to um, be uh, taken care of and the recent movie unplanned there's a scene there showing how the hazardous waste people were picking up those remains so it could be something as simple as that or it could be that these were his trophies as we saw in the Gosnell movie he kept baby parts as his trophies and that just shows how depraved one can come the longer you're in in that particular uh, type of I hate to even call it work cause it's murder and it will eventually take you over like cancer.
0: How did you and your wife uh, Dr. Noreen Johnson get involved in the abortion business? What was the first step that led you in that direction?
1: Well, we learned to do abortions in residency training. However, once you become a licensed physician, you can go and work in any uh, abortion facility. And of course, you get a percentage of the money per abortion. The reason you do it, the bottom line is (laughs) the bottom line. Uh, The love of money is the root of all evil. Abortion is a lucrative business. It's cash, you don't have to uh, file insurance. And uh, unfortunately, there's a significant demand for it. At the time when we were performing abortions in, in Los Angeles, there seemed to be an abortion facility every few blocks. There were plenty around and they needed willing workers like myself and my wife to do their dastardly work and we were more than happy to receive that money. I often tell people that if you subtract the variable of money outside of the abortion industry equation, we would not be having this interview, and we would not be having an abortion holocaust in this country.
0: Did you think that you were doing a good thing? Did you have to, in your mind, dehumanize women? Mm -hmm. Dehumanize babies?
1: Yes, you do. You have to dehumanize the baby because then it makes it uh, easier for you to not face up with your killing a baby. But that dehumanizing process, when we make another human being less than uh, uh, we are, that's uh, an essential process in in this whole thing. Now, you're dehumanizing not only the baby, but the doctor, the receptionist all become progressively dehumanized in that process. So dehumanization, yes, is indeed a critical component. But it also, you know, when you try to rationalize, well, I'm doing this, it's legal. The woman's going to uh, get it somewhere else. I might as well do it. And, you know, that baby's not going to be well taken care of, so I'm just going to do what's best for society. We do all of these things to somewhat rationalize uh, this evil behavior.
0: So, Doctor, when we hear terms like expanded access to abortion, choice, reproductive health, what Big Abortion Inc. is really saying, let's talk about making a lot of money.
1: It is all about the money. Planned Parenthood is, is not a, a, a women's uh, medical facility. It's a or they sometimes call it reproductive services. No, what drives Planned Parenthood simply is abortion. They are the nation's largest abortion provider. They provide about 30% of the country's abortions, and that's where they make their money. Now, you will hear them say, well, abortion only makes up about 20% of our services, but that may be true, but 80% of their revenue comes for abortion. So that's what they're after. They're after a bigger chunk of money. They get about a half a billion dollars of our tax money and we are, as citizens, funding abortion. So when they say uh, more access, when they say choice, uh, they're really just saying more abortions, more money.
0: They're a very profitable nonprofit and they're making a lot of that profit in minority communities.
1: Absolutely, a lot of people don't recognize that organizations like Planned Parenthood, which was started by Margaret Sanger, a lady, white supremacist, elitist, racist, eugenicist, whose philosophy, which you can read in her own books by her own hand, uh, how she believed that there's certain people groups, blacks particularly, which should not be proliferating or adding to the population because they're a scourge on society. It was the same mindset uh, uh, that was basically used in Nazi Germany when they started out by really actually killing their own infirmed and mentally ill, but the next group of people they exterminated or wanted to totally exterminate were the Jews when they killed six to seven million of them because they weren't of the right stock because Uh, the goal was to have an Aryan superior race. And that's why you see uh, statistics like black women make up 13% of the population, but more than 30% of the abortions. And it's by total design uh, of the vision or the mission of Planned Parenthood.
0: Thank you, Dr. Robinson. We'll take a time out and continue our conversation with Dr. Haywood Robinson
2: after this. You know, religious freedom's in there, too. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Tulane University recently received a foundation grant to open a First Amendment law clinic. Students will work under the supervision of faculty members and representing clients seeking to defend their rights to a free press, free speech, to petition and assemble. But get this, in accordance with the guidelines of the foundation, it will not handle religious liberty cases. Oh, I see. So the First Amendment's first freedom, the freedom upon which the other freedoms rely, is off limits for Tulane's First Amendment law Rod at the American Conservative had some choice words for this hypocrisy. I'll add this one, fraud. Sadly, this fraud is a sign of the times. Religious freedom, once considered to be as American as baseball and apple pie, once considered to be a good thing, is now seen by many as synonymous with bigotry and hatred. We'll need to learn to make the case for religious freedom or else we'll lose it. For more on faith and culture, come to breakpoint.org. I'm John Stonestreet.
0: Thanks once again for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here, along with Dr. Haywood Robinson with 40 Days for Life, a doctor who uh, used to commit abortions, but now he is committed to life. Dr. Illinois' new pro-abortion law deregulates abortion reporting and licensing laws. What are the implications of that? Uh, Will we see more abortions of underage girls, filthy abortion clinics, etc.?
1: Yes, you are. Regulation is in place for medical facilities for a reason, and that's for public health. It's to protect the consumer uh, when they go to uh, a healthcare facility. It has with hospitals, it has with ambulatory surgical centers, and so when you have a procedure, uh, like an abortion, that should fall under the same regulation that uh, other medical procedures do. We have a thing we refer to as the abortion distortion, is how the whole abortion uh, industry gets away with a lower standard than uh, the remaining facilities or facilities that do regular medicine. In the Gosnell situation, there was a doctor who actually hand carried evidence and complaints to the uh, Pennsylvania Health Department, and they were instructed, well prior to that, to not inspect abortion facilities, which is absolutely ridiculous. And anyone who saw the Gosnell movie and saw what a horrible place it was, can appreciate We, even though abortion's wrong, there should be a standard of care, and they should be accountable to the public health uh, agencies in a given state.
0: And that standard of care could really go down now that this new law is in place here in Illinois.
1: Of course it's going to go down and the reason is because to keep your facility at a particular standard it costs money. Okay and if your bottom line is to save every penny you can so that it can go into your profits you're not gonna spend the extra money to make clear that certain things are sterile or certain things are safe for the patient because you've got to keep that bottom line growing. And that's what it is about the abortion industry. They don't really care about women. They don't really care about children. They don't really care about fathers or families. They exist as a business for killing. And it's also used, as we mentioned earlier, about how it's used in a genocidal way That's why I sometimes refer to that organization, Planned Parenthood, as Clan Parenthood.
0: Oh, my. With deregulation, fewer inspections, et cetera, we're going to start seeing in Illinois more abortions on, let's say, 10-year-old girls, 13-year-old girls, and no repercussions from that. The 18-year-old boyfriend, et cetera, not facing any charges. Is that where we're headed?
1: Yeah, well, actually, unfortunately, we're there. We, we know that uh, human trafficking uh, is an enormous problem in, in our country, and one of the things they have to do with these young ladies, some of them are girls, but, but the young ladies who are old enough to conceive is they have to have their, uh, an abortionist that they have access to. Needless to say... They have to do all of this under the cover, and when you have states like uh, Illinois who are going to make the laws uh, even looser, make it easier for these villains, these human traffickers, to continue to abuse uh, particularly women in this uh, horrific industry. How
0: do we go about protecting our parental notice law here in Illinois? It's already uh, under attack under this new big abortion law but they are going to make a direct challenge to it through the legislature in all likelihood. What do we need to do to protect that and why is parental notice so valuable?
1: Again, we see another example of the abortion distortion. Now, if a young person wants to go get a tattoo, they have to get parental consent. If they want to get a piercing, they have to have parental consent if they're underage. The school can't even give them Tylenol or an aspirin without consent, oh, but they can get an abortion without parental consent. Well, why is that? Again, that's the abortion distortion. It's the state who ultimately wants to control all of your health care, wants to take away your right as a parent and to be a part of a decision that your child is going through. And it's just another example of how even they wanna take away a person's right to not be involved with abortion in a health care facility. That's just part of the state. Of, we, we know the, uh, uh, the quote, uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. The more power the state gets, the more power they will take.
0: Well, with the potential demise of parental notice, and we now have the state saying that health insurance plans must cover abortions. Could we conceivably, in the not too distant future, see abortions being committed in public schools? The school nurses there We wouldn't have to have a doctor, maybe not a surgical abortion, but through abortion inducing drugs, or maybe the school nurse gives a prescription. Could that happen in the near future?
1: Oh, it could. I don't think we should be surprised at the uh, possibility of what the enemy can do if we don't at least use all of our effort that we have legally and spiritually available to fight this evil. And yes, in our country there are uh, people who do abortions who are not doctors. And yes, there are people who feel that young people's privacy should be such that they can just go get an abortion because it's a basic human right, uh, even for a child uh, in school. And yes, a nurse uh, could give that medicine uh, and write that prescription, but we have nurses in this country now who are actually doing surgical abortions. So again, uh, another situation where the state's uh, monopoly with our tax dollars on education could indeed use the place which was intended for education of your children to be used for killing what turns out to be your grandchild.
0: Dr. Robinson, you were engaged in a lucrative abortion business, you and your wife. You're now right out on the front lines of uh, protecting life. It goes back to your understanding of the power of prayer and the importance of 40 Days for Life.
1: 40 Days for Life will start its 40-day campaign a prayer and fasting. It started in Bryan College Station, Texas, as its first venue. It has grown now to 505 venues all around the globe, South America, Mexico, Europe. First time we're gonna be in India, the first time we're gonna be in uh, the Philippines. And we're all connected together by prayer to the one and only God Uh, and he is uh, against abortion. Uh, We must recognize that abortion offends God far more than it offends us. And all we have to do is get behind him, his righteous indignation and pray and fast and watch these facilities close, watch women uh, be saved from the harm of abortion, see babies saved, and uh, it's just a wonderful thing to see. I am blessed to say that our facility was closed in College Station. It was later purchased by 40 Days for Life and our Pregnancy Resource Center. But in addition to that, my wife and I were able to move our practice in that, into that now closed Planned Parenthood facility. So you can see that if God had a plan like that for me and my wife, that he could have a plan for you. So I'm just asking that you go out and join your local 40 Days for Life campaign. You can find out where it is by going to 40daysforlife.com and you can find the closest campaign to your location.
0: We have these extreme pro-abortion laws in Illinois, New York, California, Virginia, some (laughs) other states, but standing in the path is 40 days for life. What a difference this could make.
1: It's making a difference. And, and again, I look at 40 days for life, even though I've been with it uh, since its conception, this doesn't just belong to our organization. This belongs to the body of Christ. We look at ourselves as just one of God's instruments. He's long been telling us that we need to pray. And so 40 days for life is, is, is a banner Uh, IT'S AN ENTITY, IT'S A MINISTRY THAT BINDS PEOPLE TOGETHER AND IT WORKS. BUT THE REASON IT WORKS IS (laughs) BECAUSE OF PRAYER AND BECAUSE GOD WANTS US TO PRAY AND HAVE FAITH IN HIM. Uh, NOT NECESSARILY FAITH IN STOPPING ABORTION, FAITH IN GOD WHO WILL INDEED DO THAT AND MUCH MORE.
0: WELL, DOCTOR, ALONG WITH 40 DAYS FOR LIFE, THERE'S A GREAT MOVIE OUT THERE. That kind of tells the story of how 40 Days for Life came about. It's on DVD right now. Tell us about Unplanned, the movie telling the story about Abby Johnson.
1: Well, Abby Johnson was with the Planned Parenthood right there where our first 40 Days for Life campaign was uh, founded. Abby Johnson walked out and her story became a national story. She wrote a book that was one of the most successful pro-life Christian books ever written. And the movie was produced and released during the springtime. Well, the DVD is now available. It tells the story about Abby, but it shows 40 Days for Life and how it worked in her life to set her free from that prison of abortion. You can obtain a, a copy of that DVD, from 40 Days for Life. That's 40daysforlife.com. For $20, you will get the DVD, a Blu ray, and a digital download. But if you order the DVD package from us, you'll get something that you cannot get at any other outlet like Amazon Prime, and that will be a bonus CD that has interviews by Sue Thayer, who's a, a former facility director, also Sean. Kearney, the President and CEO of 4 Days for Life, and yours truly, and we tell the backstory about uh, Abby Johnson and, and the role we played in her getting set free. I was able to meet her the day after she walked out, and boy, what a glorious testimony she has now.
0: Well, if you have not seen Unplanned, you need to do so. I've seen it. It's moving, it's entertaining, and it's very well done and you need to get this to your family and friends, uh, maybe your next door neighbor who's uh, pro-choice, or uh, people in your church who need to know about what's happening, and what can happen in favor of life. So thank you, Dr. Robinson, so much. God bless you in the work of 40 Days for Life. Please support the work of Illinois Family Institute and tell a friend about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.